It's an all-new season of the Football NYC Big Blue Breakdown podcast on YesNetwork.com. Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy of BigBlueInteractive.com give the best Giants analysis week to week. And now, Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Football NYC's Big Blue Breakdown podcast. Joe Callow along with Eric Kennedy from the Big Blue Interactive website. It's the number one Giants fan message board on the web, and this is a very special playoff preview, and I love that I'm saying that because it's, it's been a very good couple of weeks for Giants and their fans, and I know, Eric, I tell you, you really can't ask for more after you beat the Jets and I guess get the town back. I don't know if we ever lost it, but in the same week, you go and you beat the Cowboys for the NFC East title on a great effort by the team. I think they came out very excited on Sunday night. I think they saw what was there, and they took it. Yeah, what a roller coaster of a year. I mean, the, the, these are the cardiac giants, if, if anything, stealing a nickname from the old Browns team. But, you know, to start off the season, they lose the opener against the Redskins. They win a few games in a row, including in Philadelphia. They lose that disappointing game to Seattle. Then they win a few games in a row again, including going to New England and beating New England in a place where no one ever wins. Um, and then there comes the four-game losing streak, um, a stinker in New Orleans, followed by that good game against the Packers that that they still lost. They're six and six. You think that the you know Dallas is Dallas has the inside track to win the division. They're up by a game with four to play, including two against the Giants, and the Giants really are going to have to sweep them. And they did. I mean, and it just, just, you know, no matter what has happened to date, they accomplished their goal, which was to win the NFC East, to have a home playoff game. There's 12 teams left, and everyone's got a shot at this thing. And they, they have just as much of a shot as anybody else in this. And, you know, now is the time to get behind them, and hopefully they got a run in them. Um, you know, they started with Atlanta, and we'll talk about that in the second half. But th- th- this is great. This is exciting. This is what everybody has been rooting for. Yeah, and whether it was nine wins, whether it was 12 wins, it doesn't matter as long as you get in to the dance and the Giants end up by you know, winning their division. And you-, you made a great point before. There's these games that were up and down. But let's give a little credit to the Giants. They had pretty much the hardest schedule in football. So, you know, uh, although the last couple of months of the season, you know, November and December were a little rocky, you know, they did win their last three out of four. And besides that hiccup against the Washington Redskins, because when you tell the Giants that they don't have to win a game, it looks like they take their foot <laughs> off the pedal. But, we have no more of those left. So right. In- <laughs> and, and it hasn't been like that for the last couple of weeks, because when you tell the Giants that they have to win these games, we really applauded their effort against the Jets, you know, in a game that really meant a lot to the Jets. And, you know, Giant fans now these last couple of weeks are really chirping on that game. And it's only because, Eric, the Jets brought it upon themselves. And it, and it was really their coach that brought it upon them because this is all he talked about for two years. And the Giant fans have been holding their breath when it came to the Jets. And I think it's it's great that now the Giant fans can actually, you know, sit back and not worry about this guy chirping off about the Giants for the next couple of years. And it, to, to me... It was just one more step into winning the division. And when you play against the Dallas Cowboys, I tell you, it drives you crazy because you really want to win those games against Dallas. And it, and the Dallas Cowboys really wanted to win this game. And, and, and these were two teams the last two weeks that really wanted the game. So it wasn't an easy you know, road for the Giants, but they got there. Yeah, and they've really played uh, a number of playoff-like games in, in the last month. Um, the, as you mentioned, the Redskins game was important, but it wasn't a key game. But they had to win both those Dallas games. Those were 
those were playoff games. If the Giants lose those games, either one of those games, the season's over. And they knew it when they played them, and and they won both those games. I mean, think how close the Giants we came to the Giants' season being over. They were down by 12 points against Dallas, with I forget what it was, three minutes and 30 seconds left to play, and. That's how that's how close a season often is, and it was like Green Bay last year. Green Bay barely made the playoffs, and and it's amazing. It still amazes after all these years I've watched football how how fragile a season is, and how close um, you are to winning and losing a game, and winning and losing a Super Bowl just based on a few moments in each season. And and the Dallas game, I, I, I will say this: I think. We must be near the top of the the the, um, the most despised team list for Dallas Cowboys because over the last few years, if you, we ended their season in 2007, in when they were the number one seed in the playoffs and they were expecting to go to the Super Bowl, they open up their stadium in 2009 to the Giants and Eli goes in there and, and ruins that, and then and this year again they had. For a game lead, two games against the Giants, they had, you know, they could drop one of them, but not both of them. And the Giants won both those games, and the and Giants have just have had their number in recent years, and hopefully that continues um, because there's nothing better than seeing Jerry Jones's mug in, in the press box, you know, looking sour after each loss. And I agree with you, and I make no bones about it. I am a biased Giants fan. <laughs> I root for this team every week, and there is nothing better than beating the Cowboys because, you know, the Cowboys, and, and as a fan, I like, you know, I have to deal with the Cowboy fans, and they're the cockiest group, and, and it's just really nice to see this dominance that Eli's had over Tony Romo over these years because you got to remember last year when the Cowboys came in here and beat the Giants, it was John Kitna that was quarterback. Right. So, right. you know, as far as the Tony Romo you know, years uh, as being the Cowboy quarterback, the Giants have been the biggest nemesis. I mean, the Eagles have played very well against the Cowboys too, but the Giants have won all of the huge games that, that they had to win against the Cowboys, and it, and it really makes it nice. So, like I was saying, you know, for a Giant fan these last two weeks, I mean, you're walking on air because, you know, a lot was made out of the Jets game from the Jets, and, and, and when you shut up a guy like Rex Ryan who's yelling about a, a classy organization like the Giants for the last couple of years, you know, it makes you feel really good. And then, and then I got to tell you, you know, and we'll get to the game in a second. When I'm watching this game and everything that was on the line with the Giants and the Cowboys, you know, getting out to a 21-point lead, yeah, I, I was as nervous as anybody because I knew if the Giants let up a lead like this and lost this game, I would never hear the end of it. So, you know, so selfishly as a Giants fan, I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, I can't live with this because I had more – cowboy friends that went to the game than giant friends you know yeah. and 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 you know as a fan though you, you know you really can't have them lose a game like this so it really worked out great now getting to the x's and o's part of it we we both spoke about how you know interested we'd be in how the giants started this game and whether the life would carry over from the week before and it certainly looked like the giants came out with a purpose they knew what was on the line and you know given there was some mistakes by the Dallas Cowboys where they really could have taken advantage of, of you know, a muffed punt and, and a play here and there. But the Giants really dominated, you know, play-wise that first uh, half. And once again, it's Victor Cruz with not just a game-changer, a season-changing play, just like he did in the Jets game. Yeah, you know, the one thing we didn't talk about last week, which I, I wanted to get into and I, and I forgot about, was the Giants, and for the last – Geez, at least at least a month, but probably more than that. They've had trouble starting fast, 
and they've been they've been they've been letting teams hang around or they've been you know they've had to come back in the fourth quarter but they've really had trouble scoring a lot of points in the in the first half and so it was really a different sight to see the offense move move up and down the field and actually finish drives and it could have been worse for the Cowboys in that they that a very makeable 40-yard field goal was missed you know i think the cruise play was was big but you know the what gets lost in it, and this is a guy that I've given a lot of grief over um, this year, is earlier in that drive, Bear Pascal leaps over um, Newman, the corner, on, on a third, and I think it was third and seven or third and nine play, deep in Giants territory, and um, he got a good block on the play, too, from, from, from I think it was Knicks, and that play got the drive got them out of their end zone and got the drive going, and then a few plays later, that's when Cruz does his his thing. So it was the Cruz show much of the night. I think the play of the game was it was 21-14. Dallas has all the momentum, and the Giants look like they're going to go three and out again. And um, Eli does his little spin move and throws the ball up for what looked like throwing it up for grabs, and Cruz comes down with it against two Dallas cornerbacks and or defensive backs, and, and that gets them in the field goal range um, with another cruise play a couple plays later, and that puts them up two more scores with about six minutes left in the game. So Cruz got them started with that that 74-yarder, but he also finished the deal, too, late in, late in the game with that 44-yarder. Absolutely, and I thought Eli had another brilliant game. I mean, just the way he was throwing this ball, and sometimes, you know, he was on one leg when he when he threw a bullet pass towards the end of the game, and it just looked like the Giants had a very good offensive game plan against the Cowboys because they knew, you know, the weakness is their secondary, and they knew the Cowboys were going to be aggressive because they show Rob Ryan on the uh, on the field every other play, and they have to show his expression. So <laughs> you kind of knew that the Cowboys were going to come after Eli Manning, and uh, we saw a lot of throws to uh, Henry Hynoski in this game. He usually gets that one throw a game, and, and I think we saw like three throws to him, and we saw uh, Ahmad Bradshaw also score a touchdown out of the flat. And I've always believed that Eli Manning's, you know, one of his weaknesses was always throwing the ball to the running back out of the backfield because it's always either uh, over their head or at their feet. And I thought he did a terrific job, and it just looks like he's really rounding out his game very well. And then you mentioned a huge play to Bear Pasco where, you know, since Ballard has, has not played the last couple of weeks, the tight ends were really taken out of the Giants' game plan. It looked like there are a couple of plays that, uh, you know, they, they wanted to get the tight end involved in this so you know, you were in here from Mario Manningham, and you really saw Hakeem Nix had a, tr- uh, a terrific fourth quarter in this yep. game. So I thought the, the offense, given that third quarter, and it was a little frustrating because, look, you don't, you, you can't expect to have total dominance over a team, but you see the Giants are in a very good position basically to put this game away. You know, 21 nothing. Dallas misses the field goal to go into halftime, so they're down, and the Giants, you know, we were watching the game, and we're talking about how the Giants could really take full control of this game on that first drive of the second half and at least put up at least a field goal because then you're up. You know, Dallas scoring four times is really going to be hard, you know, in three-and-a-half quarters. Right. And you kind of got a little frustrated there, and we got really frustrated. I was watching the game with Joe Ariema, and we got really frustrated when Brandon Jacobs fails to convert that fourth down play. Yep. And it just looked like the Giants, you know, it was right there for the Giants just to end this game, put one more at least field goal on the board, and – and you're saying to yourself, typical Giants, it's going to be a close fourth quarter again. But And I want to get your input on this, but I was very proud of the team, the way they really took control of most of that fourth quarter, and we saw terrific drives and terrific catches by 
uh, Victor Cruz and Hakeem Nix. Yeah, and you, I think you're reading my mind early, your earlier comment with the, the passes to the backs and tight ends. What really stood out to me in this game, and the guy who writes my game reviews mentioned this, and, and it really sank in then, is the Giants completed 24 passes in this game. 12 of them went to the wide receivers, and 12 of them went to the running backs and tight ends. And that's not typical of the Giants. And as you mentioned in the past, Eli has had issues with hitting, especially the backs out of the backfield in the flat. And they really did an awesome job in this game and, and sort of getting away from what they normally do and crossing the Cowboys up. And I think that's something that, that, that could um, be something to keep in, uh, keep in mind. And the Giants could do a lot in the playoffs depending on what the weather is. Because if, you know, on Sunday if it's windy, you know, you don't know how much downfield passing there can be. If they end up playing in a place like Green Bay, again, you know, the weather can be a factor. And it's nice to see that element of the game. And then, plus, if you get Ballard back, that's just another tight end to, to add to the mix. And I think I thought that was huge. Um, you know, the one thing about the third quarter offensively is, and I, I saw some fans think this, and I didn't think so. They said the Giants got conservative. I don't think they got conservative in the third quarter. They actually continued to throw the football. And on their first drive, they actually picked up, I think, one or two first downs and, and seemed like they were still going to, to keep it rolling. But then after that, there, were, there was, um, I think there was a three and out in there. And then the, after the on-trail roll interception, where they're really primed to put the game away, that's where you're talking about where they had their right borderline and field goal range. And they went for it on fourth fourth and one and I, I don't think it was Jacobs's fault on that play there just wasn't very much blocking it seemed like the Cowboys had the snap count and that Sean Lee the linebacker for the Cowboys he, he's a heck of a player and he made a great play in the hole there but you're right you know you got frustrated and you got nervous because you're thinking oh man don't be this don't let this be the one game where the other team comes back in the fourth quarter and then they're going to make a big deal Tony Romo and I'll give Tony Romo a lot of credit that hand looked horrible and I thought he played a, a very good game um, but I, I was thinking, oh, man, we're going to have role reversal here. And, and addressing what you were talking about, as I said, the key play I, in, my, in my mind of the game was that 44-yarder. That was huge. They follow up that with a 20-yarder. Then I thought what was really big in this game, too, they get down, they get down in, in the red zone, and Eli doesn't get stupid with the football down there. He knows a field goal pretty much ends this game. So on first down, no one's open, he throws the football away. Second down, nobody's open, he takes a sack. Third down, he scans the field, no, he, he didn't like what he saw, and he just ran up the field and got eight, eight or nine yards to make the field goal much easier for Lawrence Tynes. I think he turned what would have been like a 38-yard field goal into a 28-yard field goal. He didn't risk it. He knew He played it safe there because he knew – that the field goal was going to put Dallas in a horrible position. And then when Dallas three and out on their following drive, they, they, they put the dagger in the heart with that pass, with that pass to, to the Knicks um, that went for 36 yards. And I love the call on, on first down. Dallas calls a timeout. Okay, Dallas, you want to call a timeout? We're going to end this right here in, in the fade to Knicks in the end zone. And that was the ball game. Yeah, it was terrific. And, and just it just makes you really just sit back and, and, and just – you know, admire the the season that Eli Manning is having, and is just you know in the biggest games how he just takes control of these games, you know, late. And I and I agree with you. I just think that that there was magic in the air. I tell tell you when Victor Cruz pulls down that ball, and and it just looked like from there on, 
It was just back to being Giants dominance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it makes us frustrated, too, because, like you said, all it was really a field goal. You, you kick a field goal in this game and any other part of that second half, and really the game is over because you're talking the difference between, you know, first two scores and then one score. And then, you know, it's just so frustrating because you see it right there. And, and I love that series that you just went into depth about with Eli Manning and being so smart about knowing that he's in field goal range. And the fact that, you know, Tynes had missed one earlier in the game. So you're still sitting there on pins and needles, but I felt very relieved after they kicked that field goal, and I didn't think that, you know, this this horrible comeback was going to happen with the Cowboys taking control. So Yeah, Eli really last secure. year might have thrown a pick there. Yeah. You know? and I don't think all those interceptions were on Eli last year, uh-huh. but the old Eli last year might have forced the football, forced the ball there. And, you know, that, you know no one's going to look at that and say, you know, you know, great. You know, he, they they settled for a field goal. Well, the field goal wins the game there, and they played it safe. He didn't he didn't risk it. Yeah, and like, and just like the Jets game the week before, where the Jets, you know, it was sitting there with the Jets, you know, down by six, down by six, down by six. I'm saying to myself, the Giants did such a terrific game, you know, from from the end of the second quarter on, and they're still only up by six, one touchdown. They're going to lose this game. So, you know, they ju- it's just a matter of a couple of points, whether it be a field goal, and in that game the difference was a safety. So as a Giant fan, you just don't want to go through that last five minutes of the game where it just looks like Eli every week has the season on the line and, and the whole team on his back and, and is just fighting there and, and usually pulls through. So we can't really be too upset about it because not many quarterbacks in the league can do what he does. No. But, and, g- and give Dallas credit. Tony Romo played well in the second half of that game, and – and I'm not a you know I I'm not a big fan of his and of his personality and all that, but he he you know he had a tough game against the 49ers where he played with a broken rib and he played with that hand and you know he played his heart out in that game and a lot of what they did in the second half is a credit to them as well too. They were good you know they're not a great team but they're a good team and they and they were playing for their lives and the nice thing about the Giants is they 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 um responded when they needed to and they put the game away. Absolutely. And we're going to get more into the pass rush in the second segment of the show and we preview the Atlanta Falcons game. But, yeah, as a Giant fan, you really had to enjoy this holiday season because you couldn't get much better than the two wins the Giants had these past couple of weeks. So we're going to come right back and preview the Atlanta Falcons-New York Giants playoff game coming up this Sunday at 1 o'clock at MetLife Stadium. This is Football NYC's Big Blue Breakdown podcast. YesNetwork.com's award-winning coverage includes blogs and columns from the pros who have their pulse on New York sports. It's truly a one-stop source for all of the best videos, news, and information on the web. That's all at YesNetwork.com. Welcome back to the Big Blue Breakdown. Once again, here are Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy. Welcome back, everyone. Football NYC's Big Blue Breakdown podcast. The Giants are NFC East champions, and their first matchup, you know, a lot of people think that they're fortunate to have a dome team come into MetLife Stadium now at Sunday at 1 o'clock. The Atlanta Falcons, which I tell you, Eric, you know, this team has a lot of weapons from Julio Jones and Roddy White. And then once you think about the running game, Michael Turner, and then, oh, yeah, don't forget about the, the Hall of Famer, Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, this is a talented team offensively. And they are defensively, you look at their roster and you think, there's not a lot of stars on this run. They have, they have John Abraham, who's a good pass rusher, but they they play well together. Um, I think if you were you were going to pick somebody the Giants had to play though in the first round of the playoffs, 
you know, some people might say the Detroit Lions, but I think the Detroit Lions are one of those teams that 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 can be scary in the playoffs. Um, not not go the whole way, but they, you know, they've got a, a good game in them or two. And I'm not saying Atlanta can't beat the Giants, but I think this is the one opponent that you'd think that you'd want to at least start off with because it's not that Atlanta's not a good team, but it, again, they they don't play as well on the road as they do at home. Um, you know what you have in them. If you shut down that running game and and put put the onus on on their quarterback, who's a good quarterback, but if you put the onus on him and and you can get after him, he will make some mistakes. He's a he's a good quarterback. He has some fourth quarter comebacks in his resume as well too. Um, but he's he's got a reputation. If you get in his face, you can rattle him a little bit. So I you know. There are no easy games in the playoffs. No, none of the teams left. That you know, they're all going to be hard. But if you were going to pick an opponent to start off with, I think this is one that you would say, this isn't a bad. This is not a bad matchup for the Giants. And you know, if the Giants are seriously going to do some noise in the dam in, in the playoffs, this is this is a team that they should be able to beat at home. Exactly, and that's why I'm so scared about the game. <laughs> but you know what, though, you know, with Matt Ryan, I, you know, if the Giants. The last couple of weeks, really, I think the Jets game really brought the pass rush back, and I just thought you saw, you know, I mean, Dallas made a couple of adjustments in the second half, but I think you really saw when these three defensive ends are in the game at the same time, you know, the the, the overall strength and power of JPP and the speed of Ozzy and Justin Tuck, who is just a great symbol to the Giants this last couple of weeks on, you know, leadership and, and just – playing by example, you know, it's just it, it, it's just the formula for winning, and I think that is the the biggest thing that turned around this team the past couple of weeks, and it needed the Jets game to really wake them up. So I'll always thank the Jets for this season for really, <laughs> you know, lighting a fire under this Giants pass rush. You're not letting rush. that go, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not going to let it go because it, it changed the season in so many ways for both teams. And, and, you know, I was talking to some Jet fans that were at the game, and they just said the Jets' whole – their whole demeanor and everything after that game, it's just like they were shot because everything that this coach put into his coaching career, you know, sure, he went to two championship games, which he makes no bones about telling everybody. He came in third place the last two years. But also he put everything in this one game about proving himself and his team. So I think on the opposite side, the Giants came out of that game feeling so great about it. And sure, you know, it was a 21-14 game this week, but you know, like we said, Dallas is not an easy opponent. They're not the, you know, not the best team in the league, but they're they're, they're a playoff caliber team. And I just thought that the pass rush and the defense has gotten some confidence. I can't believe I'm saying this confidence because this is a mediocre defense. This is you not know, a great defense. But yeah, you're, I mean, you're dead on, and, and the, the, the where you're dead on is the word confidence. They've gotten confidence, and I didn't put a lot of stock in the defensive performance against the Jets, other than Justin Tuck, because you saw flashes of him, his old self because it was the Jets. I, I just, as we've talked, I, I'm just not a big fan of their offense. But this Dallas Cowboy team is a much different creature, and they put up big numbers against the Giants just uh, three weeks before down in Dallas. They've got multiple wide receivers. Des Bryant is a is a great receiver. Miles Austin is a pro bowler. The, the, the Laurent Robinson is coming on like gangbusters. They have Witten at tight end. And they're a team that you, they can spread out an opponent and, and, and really do some damage. And as long as Tony Romo's hand was going to be okay and he played fine with it, you thought, man, this is going to be a far 
more difficult game for them, and they shut out Dallas. Dallas never even really threatened in the first half. The, the, the closest they came was that 52-yarder at the end of halftime, uh, before halftime. And um, they had a short field in the second half after the punt and the, and, and the penalty gave them the ball in the 26-yard line. They only really had one long drive in the game. Um, and they they did a number on, on Dallas. They completely shut down the run. And then, as you mentioned, the pass rush. They had six sacks. They were in Romo's face much of the night. And the thing what I thought was, was most promising for this game, it wasn't just the pass rush, was there were plenty of times where Tony Romo was looking downfield and he couldn't find anybody open. And then he had to dump the ball off short. That was huge, too. That tells me, hey, maybe now the linebackers and, and, and the secondary is starting to cover better. Because, again, this wasn't the Jets. This wasn't, this wasn't a you know, so-so quarterback, um, a, a slow plaxical Burris and an up-and-down um, uh, Santonio Holmes. This was, this was a serious passing uh, attack, and, and they dealt with it. And the thing with the Atlanta Falcons is they've got those big three guys. You mentioned them. They've got Jones. They've got Roddy White. They've got Gonzalez. Um, but those are the big three guys that they've got, the real, the real scary ones. And hopefully the Giants will be able to, to focus enough attention on those three that the pass rush can get, get, get to the quarterback, get to Ryan, and, and make, some, make some plays. Yeah, and in the last couple of weeks they didn't face a caliber you know, like, like, like Michael Turner presents at running back. I think that he's a really, really solid back, and, and you know the Giants haven't faced that the last couple of weeks because Felix Jones always seems like he's never 100%, and the Sean Green-Tomlinson connection, although it was working for most of the game against the Giants, you know, it, it just doesn't present the problem, I think, that Michael Turner presents for the Giants. Well, you know, you know what? I thought so, too, because I, you see these plays on the highlights. But I went back and looked at Atlanta, because I'm, I'm writing the game preview for the Atlanta game right now. I went back and looked at, at their rushing totals. And they, he put up huge numbers against the Buccaneers last Sunday on a Buccaneers team that was, was largely quit. But the last five weeks before that, he's only averaging about 56 yards a game. So... He hasn't been putting up big numbers. They 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 lost their fullback early on, and in, in, I think in the before the bye, I think around week seven or eight, and their offensive line has gone through some changes. And again, I'm not discounting him. He's he's one of those guys that he can get. You know, we saw against the Jets, the Jets were able to do some damage between the tackles there, but. I, I wonder if he's the threat we really think he is because they just haven't been able to run the ball very well except for the Bucks games in the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. And on the offensive side of the ball, you know, I love the Giants game plan this week, as I mentioned in the last segment, with all the underneath passing yep. because you saw a very aggressive Dallas defense in the beginning of the game. What would you like to see from Eli and the Giants this week? It's a great question. I think a lot of it depends on the wind. You know, I don't care about the cold, and we saw, you know, it was kind of rain. Eli's had a few rain games now that he's played pretty well in. I think we can put away the fact that Eli, Eli can't play in the cold, see the Green Bay, Bay championship game in the rain because he, he can do that. You know, it's the wind will mess up any quarterback, and the, the weather forecast keeps changing. And, uh, you know, one minute they say it's going to be nasty, the next minute they say it's going to be fine, but the wind might be an issue. I think it largely depends on how windy it is. Again, we don't really have a good feel for it because it's a relatively new stadium, and they haven't had a lot of bad weather games at the stadium in terms of the wind, so it'll be interesting to see how that does. You know, if if, if they if the wind isn't an, is not an issue, I'm not – I'm not a big fan of, of 
Atlanta secondary. I like to spread them out. They've got a guy, Brent Grimes, is, is a little bit banged up, and he has missed a few games, and, and they've had had their nickel corner playing. I'd like to get our wide receivers all out on the field and spread them out and, and put the game in, in Eli's hands. That, that doesn't mean they don't run the football either. Atlanta has a little bit of an undersized defense, and I think you can run on them. And you, I think you do what you do against Dallas. You have a mix. You know, you run, you throw. But I would like take some shots down the field. Um, if Atlanta's concentrating a lot on those wide receivers, adjust and dump the ball off. I would basically kind of sort of react to what, what Atlanta's do, doing because Giants, let's be honest, Giants have a very difficult def- uh, offense to defend. They've got a lot of things that they can do throwing the football now. And the, the nice thing is the running game, even though it's not putting up huge numbers, other teams can't ignore it now. Bradshaw is back, and he can hurt you. Uh, uh, Brandon Jacobs can hurt you. And now they've got, you know, Ballard's getting back, and they, they, you have Hynowski coming out of the backfield. And so if they're going to start, you know, playing a lot of people in coverage to prevent the deep pass, then you, you can dink and dunk them over the middle and keep, the, keep those um, drives going and then hit them with a big play. There you go, Giant fans. Eric Kennedy's plan for beating the <laughs> Atlanta Falcons in the playoffs. And just the fact we are talking about a playoff game for the New York Giants this year is a very good thing for this team and just a very good thing for Coughlin and Eli and just, you know, uh, all the Giant fans because, you know, there were mediocre expectations of this team this year when you consider all the injuries and you looked at the schedule. So you really had to be happy that you're in, your, in this position, but you're here now. And we saw, you know, years ago when the Giants went on that run and they beat the New England Patriots that anything can happen once you get into the playoffs. And you have to really seize the moment because you never know when you're going to get to the spot where you can host the playoff game. So let's hope the Giants have that on their mind this week and know what they have in front of them, you know, this week and beyond this week, maybe, you know, to give themselves another Super Bowl run and, and, and treat their fans and themselves to another title. So Yeah, and they do the two things that you want to do. They have a great quarterback and they can rush the passer. They and so they're as dangerous as anybody in the in these playoffs. I really believe that. Yeah. Well Eric, I tell you it should be fun on Sunday, but I'm a Giants fan, so I should be sick to my stomach in the third quarter. <laughs> worried about this game it's not going to be any different so i wish i could tell you i'm looking forward to it but every week i sit down i watch these games and i go why do i look forward to this every week it turns my stomach i'm so nervous but it all makes my dad now he says i don't know why i put myself through this yeah yeah why do i put myself but you know in the end when they beat a team like the cowboys on sunday night and and all the celebrations afterwards it really is well worth it because it's a tremendous thing to watch and a tremendous thing to be a part of as a fan and the celebrations and everything so let's hope the giants have some celebrating on sunday and Giant fans, we'll see next week. Hopefully we'll be talking about a trip either to Green Bay or to San Francisco. Let's take this one game at a time. And, Eric, thank you for joining me each and every week. And we'll talk to you again next week. And until next week, fans, stay true, stay blue.